Welcome to the Rekindling Ministries podcast series. This is the first episode of season three. So this is episode three point zero zero. We're giving an introduction tonight to the uh, to the season, which is going to be all about the unpacking series, going in depth into the various concepts of Scripture. Uh, my name is Shannon Kirkpatrick, and I am the director of Rekindling Ministries. And my name is Zach Rios, and I'm a student at Liberty University studying youth ministry and pastoral leadership. So first off, what I want to do for those that are tuning in uh, for the first time is just give a real quick, as succinct as I can, um, summary of what Rekindling is all about uh, if you're if you're not familiar with it. So I love the quote from Antoine de Saint-Exupéry that says, if you want to build a boat, don't go out and just collect a bunch of people and assign them tasks. Rather, first, teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. And what he means by that is, you know, you can hire people to build a boat and, and they'll build the boat. But if somebody really is enamored of the ocean, its far-reaching shores, all the life, you know, that, that's in the ocean, you can imagine that the painstaking handcrafted care they're going to take when they mm-hmm. build a boat. And I, and I just love that quote. And so that's kind of the vision for rekindling. The, the tagline for Rekindling Ministries is rekindling people's passions for God, others, and self. And so the goal that we do through these podcasts, through the workshops, the studies, the one-on-ones, all these things, the goal of rekindling is to really rekindle or stir up passions for the almighty self-existent creator of the universe, to stir up passions for yourself and, and, and your life and how you're wired and what you're trying to achieve, and really to stir up your passions for other people of different cultures and different type, uh, backgrounds, you know, et cetera, mm-hmm. your, your neighbor, the stranger, the loved one, the, the enemy, and, and rekindling all of those passions and, and, and delight and all that that entails, um, so that we can really make more of life. I, I think life becomes much more vibrant if we live that way. Mm-hmm. And the way that we do that through rekindling is by applying the details of Scripture to the details of our lives, and that's something that we're going to talk more about um, in, in, in this introduction. Um, and so that, that's just a, a quick recap uh, or highlight of what rekindling is all about. There's a whole lot more to that because obviously Gandalf gets involved in Tolkien <laughs> and Lord of the Rings yep. and Silmarillion and all that. Um, but if you want to get m- learn more about what we have to offer and where we came from and, and what we're doing, you can go back to uh, season one, episode 1.00, mm-hmm. and the whole episode is just introducing uh, Rekindling Ministries to people, and you can find all the details there. Yeah, and if you've never heard of us before, you're probably wondering what we're doing with season three, like what were the first two seasons? Mm-hmm. And so I think it might be helpful to let you know what those are. And so basically what the first season was is we talked about our different spiritual lenses and paradigms. And so what those are, are those are paradigms, perspectives, and analogies that really allow you to see things in a different way, which can result in healthier decision-making. So there's 10 of those, and the first main overarching one that we use is called the seven-stage journey. And so that we go through and describe basically the journey that we are all on spiritually, and we have a nice extended analogy that helps you understand that. And then uh, some of the other 10 that are just my personal favorites, there's one called Muddy Fields, which Mm -hmm. deals with how to uh, interact with sin and how to fight it. And And the weaknesses of your life. Yeah, do that more effectively. And then also Spectrum, Spectrum. which uh, basically basically allows for the complexity of issues instead of making them as black and white as we tend to do. Mm -hmm. And then also be, do, have, which is a lens that talks about you need to work on your internal character before you figure out what you need to be doing and before you start going after things that you want to have. And then season two uh, is called Know Thyself. And during that, we talk about figuring out how you're wired and what are the implications of that. And so we go through things like personality tests and just different useful tools that allow you to figure out who you are and how you're wired. And so you can begin to figure out what you're supposed to be doing in life. Yeah. And so so all three seasons technically are standalone, but they overlap with each other a lot. So we're going to be referencing... Um, season one especially a mm-hmm. lot so I encourage you guys it, it, to go back and listen to, to season one and just some different perspectives and kind of how to view life and make decisions or if you're at a place in your life that you're struggling with kind of wh- who am I or what am I supposed to be doing you listen to season two yeah. so as we go into this season season three we're doing the third big thing that Rekindling offers which is the the unpacking series mm-hmm. and so what the unpacking we're, we're going to tonight in this or in this episode we're going to explain um what what it is and why we're doing it, et cetera, before we get in, you know, to get everything. So the first thing I want to start off with is just explaining like the purpose of season three uh, or, or my hope in it all. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lot to be said that in the next couple episodes, we're going to get into more. But one of the things that, that I do believe is, is I believe that the Bible is infallible, uh, transformative, and authoritative. Those are three specific terms that I use. 
And and what I mean by that, and and, and the next couple episodes, we're going to get into why I've concluded that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to, for here right now, when I say infallible, I mean ultimately trustworthy. That the Bible is not going to lead you wrong. Uh, it's always going to lead you where you need to go. Transformative. I really do believe that if one begins, you know, not just studying but applying, we're going to keep hashing that point, mm-hmm. but actually applying the details of Scripture to the details of your life, that it actually begins to change things. And and third, I do believe it's divinely inspired. I do believe that this has come from God. I believe that it was one of the phrases I say. It was penned by men, authored by God. Um, and so, because God is the self-existent Creator, um, He's top dog. He's sovereign. Then it becomes authoritative. And mm-hmm. I believe that because it also is infallible and transformative, it helps with that. Uh, and so, the Bible is very, very, very important to me. Hold, if you could look back at my story from one point zero zero or one point zero one, we talk about something like why I grew up in the church and then left and came back. Uh, and and scriptures had a lot to do with that. Um, and so, I, I really do. And, and as I was when I came back to God and I was reading the, some of the details of the Bible, I was blown away by that. I'm like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. You know, I grew up mm-hmm. in the church. I didn't know that. Um, and I was really impressed with, with all of these details. And and I, I recently, in the last year or two, a, a good buddy of mine has actually walked away from the faith where he believes it's, it's just myth now. Um, it's not true. And, and he's going to go do his own thing. And he had made a comment to me once we were we were uh, kind of catching up on that. And he said, he said, Shannon, you're smart. You'll figure this out, too. Uh, and you'll walk away. You'll realize that it's, it's all myth. There's too much contradiction in Scripture, etc. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Not because I just want to tenaciously hold my beliefs. You know, the main thing for me is, and I gave him an example. So. I had a, 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 a fight with a buddy of mine. He was actually one of my board members. Um, and he, I got really, I felt disrespected and was offended and it was just causing some problems. And I was trying to figure out how to deal with that. And of course, my way is a, is a you know, alpha dog type A mm-hmm. was to confront, which wasn't the right way, you know, et cetera. And so was going through, was praying, was thinking about 1 Corinthians 13 and, and the love chapter where the love is patient, you know, because I felt like God was like saying, well, do you love him? Like, well, of course, God, I love him. And God's like, well, let's test this, right? Mm-hmm. And so 1 Corinthians 13, um, are you patient? with him are you kind uh, to him which means useful you know etc and so we start going through all these specifics and i had already studied first corinthians 13 so i'd got into the greek and the context and really begin to get a good idea of what love was and as we as i was going through that list i realized i wasn't doing those things with with a board member uh and so i went back and started applying those things and and things had been tense between the two of us well it got figured out and 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 the friendship was restored and so i told my buddy that had walked away from the faith i said listen understand this this is a Jewish guy writing in the first century in, in this backwater realm of the of the early Roman Empire. And he was writing a letter that we have copies of. And he was writing in Greek, which was the common language of the, of the day. And he was writing and he, and he had a section on there talking about what love was in very technical Greek terms. And I have found that if I listen to this Jewish guy writing in backwater Roman Empire in the first century and try to actually apply these very technical definitions of the love concept that was written 2,000 years ago, and I actually applied that, it restored a friendship of mine. And that's just one example. I have a bunch of examples of that from Scripture, that, that these details are magical, um, that there's wisdom here beyond what humans can, can come up with on their, on their own. You know, uh, And so I got very moved by that. And so, and so I want people to dive into Scripture, um, see all these amazing details, and begin applying it because it can transform you. right? And it's a trustworthy way to live, to live your life. And so, so because I, I've heard it once said, um, you know, the Bible's this kind of cheesy, but the Bible stands for basic information before leaving earth you know mm-hmm. I mean, there's some some truth to that you know but anyways I, I got very enamored of of this collection of these 66 books uh coming together and, and the wisdom that's offered um and that's difficult to apply them but if you actually begin doing that things can change and so i got moved by this and so that so in the first two seasons and we even referenced this i think in some of the episodes we didn't spend a lot of time in scripture the first two seasons we did mm-hmm. some right but not a lot and that was intentional and that that this season this was the one we're gonna we're gonna really be diving into scripture uh and so that was my my drive of all that was to get people intrigued. We're going to explain here shortly um, how, what, what, what all that entails. But to get really people intrigued in the Scripture mm-hmm. and begin actually studying it and applying it. That, that's kind of what drove me to put this season together. Yeah, and I think my purpose just fits hand in hand with that because I really want people to be exploring the details because the details are just so helpful. Like you just said, well, do you love your friend? Oh, yeah, I love them. Okay, what about First Corinthians thirteen? Mm-hmm. And so once when you say, okay, well, I love him in the general sense, 
I, I, I really do love him. What happens when you actually start applying the details of the Bible and you go through what you just said? Mm-hmm. Are you being patient, kind, all of these different things? Well, then the answer starts to change because you realize you allow for the complexity. And when you begin to explore that complexity, you figure out, man, I'm really not doing this to the level that I need to be doing it. Mm-hmm. And so that just allows you to get that much deeper into scripture, mm-hmm. which turns into transformative life change, which you actually want. Yeah. So so our goal is for for us and the audience and, and rekindlers and everybody else to be more intrigued with mm-hmm. scripture and its details and to actually begin applying them. So how are we going to go about doing that through the unpacking process? So let's take some time now to explain what this unpacking, you know, so we do, you know, the, the, uh, these workshops, these four week studies and the unpacking series. So like we have, like with the know itself, the know itself was that 10 week study. And mm-hmm. then we did the podcast series, um, to give a slightly different emphasis. Um, so we had these unpacking series and now we're going to be doing the unpacking season three for the podcast. Um, so the first thing is, is I, I want to fully realize and recognize and admit that the scriptures are complex. Mm-hmm. So you have all these different styles of writing, and we'll get more into this later. But the there's there's historical narratives, and there's poetry, and there's wisdom literature. You know, there's all that um, psalms and songs. There are different contexts, so you can't just blindly read the scripture. What was going on when that was written? Who was it written to? What was happening? You know, what what do they mean? Because you know, there's there's examples of scripture where that was true in that moment for that situation. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a universal truth. Where elsewhere in scripture, no, here's a universal truth being claimed, right? Um, so so there's all the, the different styles of writing, the different contexts. Of course, they were all written in ancient langu- languages, Hebrew and Aramaic and, and, and Greek. You have the whole point of progressive revelation that that as as the as God revealed, God didn't, didn't reveal all his plans right up front to man. He's revealed mm-hmm. them over time through thousands of years. And so even as you're reading scripture, there are certain things that God revealed and, and parameters that he set in the Old Testament that that they weren't ready to hear the details. And so then as the details came out later in life, then some of that changed. And so like 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 a divorce, you know, I permitted Moses to let you guys divorce because of the simpleness and now it's a more complex situation, etc. Mm-hmm. So you had the progressive revelation. You also have um there are absolutely tensions in the text. Yes, that that you know, people want to say there's contradictions. I don't believe that there's contradictions because I don't believe that I believe the Bible is consistent in its message. But I am fully willing to concede that on the surface it does appear mm-hmm. that there are contradictions. Well, this verse says this, but then this verse says this. You know, what's what's it supposed to be? And what I believe is, if if you explore a little bit and dig a little deeper, you realize that they're not contradictions. It's just tension. It's a balance. It's both this and this in this situation or with these factors. Yeah. You know, etc. Um, and so. And, so because of all of that, the, the, the language is, and you always lose something in translation when you go from ancient language to, to, to a modern language, um, and all the different styles and the different contexts and backgrounds and, the, and all the tension, it makes sense that we have all of this, it's not necessarily a good thing, but it is the way it is, mm-hmm. all this variety in, in people's perspectives in the Bible, theologies and doctrines, the camps that one holds to, you know, et cetera. So it can get very, very daunting. Um, and you get overwhelmed. It's like, I'd rather I just have the simple version of this. Um, but I feel like it goes back to Spectrum and some other things that, that you've mentioned to me about simplicity and all that, that, mm-hmm. that um, that's not always the right way to go. And so, so I want to recognize that the complexity of all of it and then ask that question, how do I, uh, how do I approach this? How do I approach this complexity and feel confident that I'm, I'm somewhat getting to the truth of it all? Yeah, and I think it's really easy to say, I just want the simple answer. Like, I just really want that one verse, and that just nails it, and I have it figured out. But I think that we really begin to lose things, and it's really dangerous when we don't allow for the complexity of what Scripture is trying to say. Mm -hmm. Because when you take one specific verse, like, for example, if you go and say, Jesus flipped tables, therefore I should go and flip tables as a response to uh, (laughs) seeing wrongdoing. Well, I mean, no, right, like that's right. that's not your one. It's scripture's not a one sh, one size fits all. It's not going to be that simple. That it's just this verse. I'm going to plug into my context. Like you really need to look into all of the things around it and allow for the complexity of scripture, so you can have a complete understanding of what your response needs mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. So so for me, sitting here. Okay. So so it's complex. And so we need to approach it intentionally and mm-hmm. humbly and excitedly. Um, what are some things that are going to help me wrap my mind around the complexity and, and help me become confident that this is what 
God's trying to say. One of the phrases that I always say is, let the Bible paint the picture it wants to paint. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how do I go about doing that? And so I know like one of the things that are very helpful for me uh, are details. So for example, let's say you you bought some piece of equipment and there's instructions, but the instructions are very simple and they they are general. They don't go to the details. Depending on what you're trying to build, maybe you could still build without the details, but some things you would absolutely need the details. And so I know for me, like for example, if I'm catching up with somebody and they're, they're kind of catching me up with their life and they're speaking in generalities, a lot of times I'll interrupt and be like, no, wait, hold on, what do you mean by that? Or when, when was that exactly? Mm-hmm. I personally just like the details. I feel more comfortable if I have all the details that I can begin to wrap my mind around what's going on. You know, if somebody's at a crossroads or dilemma, let's look at all the details and factors before we try to make a decision, right? Yeah. So, so details are very important for me. Another thing that's very important for me is comprehensiveness. So not only, I don't want some of the details, I want all the details. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm trying to wrap my mind around something the 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 more detailed it gets and then also the more comprehensive because like for example someone's trying to explain something and they're only they're only explaining the one main factor mm-hmm. but there's other factors as well there's other issues or other sides to it i also want to know that other stuff mm-hmm. as well because it just gives you more information yeah. so it's it's a it's a width and a, a depth thing yeah and that reminds me of a picture that i saw that i'm going to try and describe and it's of a cylinder mm-hmm. and so then uh so imagine a cylinder and there's two walls. It's in the cor- it's in the corner and there's a light shining from one side and then the other side. So the one side of the cylinder, when you see the reflection, so it's like on the, the cylinder's hanging in yeah. front of the corner. There. Yep. And so when you shine one, when you shine a light on one side of the cylinder, on the wall you see a circle, mm-hmm. the shadow. Yep, the shadow of it. Uh, when you shine a light on the other side, the shadow forms a square. Mm-hmm. And so you're looking at it and you say it's a square, and I'm looking at it and I say it's a circle. Well, when we both step take a step back, it's actually not a circle or a square. It's a cylinder. Mm. And so it just takes it from the one-dimensional view that you have or that I have and allows for the complexity and the depth and just every facet of it. And we can see that it's actually a teal cylinder. It's not a black square or a black circle. Mm-hmm. And so mm. hopefully that that description kind of makes sense of what we just described there, but really just allowing for things to move past the simplistic. This is what I see in front of me to say, okay, well maybe, maybe you have something there. Why do you think it's a circle? And I think it's a square. And when you begin to actually move back and get all of the different comprehensive details, you can get a much better picture of what's actually going on. So what we have here, I, lo- I love, because I remember you showing me that picture. I love it. In fact, I, I think I took a copy of it because I wanted to keep it, mm-hmm. especially with the unpacking stuff. So, so to me, the more angles you're coming at, which is part of that comprehensiveness, yeah. um, the more accurate it's going to be, the more detailed. And even we were talking before we started recording this, the importance of details, um, both just they fascinate and they can help you better understand. So mm-hmm. we're talking like the water, right? And I'm going to butcher this because I'm, <laughs> I'm not a science guy. But like, like the article I was reading was talking about soap. And they were saying that like water, the H2O and the way the molecules form, it almost creates like a hook. Mm-hmm. And soap has the same type of concept and so like when if if my hands are dirty and i'm washing my hands the the soap latches onto the dirt which also i had learned and i told you about this with the the dishwashers that that you don't because i'm a pre-soaker and so i try to pre-soak get it all clean before i put in the dishwasher to make it real Mm -hmm. thorough but they were saying that you don't actually you want you still want dirty dishes in the dishwasher because it's the dirt on the dirty dishes that actually trigger the detergent to work Um, and so you can still pre-soak. I'll, I'll always still pre-soak. Um, but you, st- but it's totally okay and actually helpful to keep the dirt in there because it triggers the, the detergent. Mm-hmm. So same back with the water and soap. That if I have dirt on my hands, the way that the soap is is built with its molecules, the soap latches onto the dirt. But then also the water latches onto the soap. And so when the water is rinsing off your hand, it's carrying the soap with it, which is carrying the dirt that it's picked up with it. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get the dirt off your hands. So it's not just this magic thing, but there's actually science with the molecules. The, I love those details. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps you better understand things. The other example I gave you was with the brain synapses, that, that if I ever go back and get my PhD, it might be in neuroscience and decision-making. I'm just fascinated with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the you know synapses will form in your brain and conclusions and memory and all that jazz. And some synapses, the more you think about them, the stronger they get. Other synapses, if you haven't used them in a while, they get weaker. Well, I read an article that was talking about how there's this chemical in your brain and the chemical goes through the synapse, the synaptic network mm-hmm. and it's looking for synapses that have gotten weak and have been disused. 
and it, it identifies them. Then it sends a signal back to the center of the brain that then sends a second chemical along and that chemical heads over to that weakened synapse and then destroys it. And this is like a, like a decluttering of the files in your computer and your hard drive. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, it's decluttering your brain and getting rid of those unused uh, synapses so that other ones can form, reform, et cetera. And so, and the article itself was talking about naps, and it was saying that that those two chemicals work a lot when you're sleeping. So it's actually encouraging you to take naps, so that because even if it's just a little 15 minute nap, it can help your brain kind of declutter a bit. Yeah. Uh, and especially you know your eight hours of sleep at night and all that. So so that the example of all that is the um, that details do matter. It helps you better explain. It gives you greater understanding of things. Mm -hmm. So 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 when I'm so when we're coming to scripture, it's very complex, varied scripture. I know, I'm convinced that details are really important, and I'm also convinced that comprehensiveness is important because one of the problems that I've seen happen is I'll, I'll, I'll read some article or listen to a sermon or somebody's teaching some lesson you know, on scripture, on some scripture concept, and they'll find some key passage, some, some um, a hallmark passage, you've called them, yeah. um, and, and, and they'll use that passage. They might reference one or two others, and then and they say, so here's the conclusion on this concept based on this passage. And... The more that I've studied scripture, there, you know, there's, there's 31,107 verses hmm. in, in the scripture. That's a lot. And I have found that there were other passages, uh, like later on I would find some other passage on that concept that wasn't mentioned in that article or that sermon that actually had a, uh, had a, a, an effect on the summary. And if you had included it, it would have changed the summary a bit. Um, so like Van Campen had talked about, he wrote a book uh, I called the oath, I think, to my end times and all that. But in the introduction, he, he brought up a brilliant point. He said, a lot of times when we're forming our theology, we'll read two or three verses, maybe 10 or whatever, and we'll form our theology. Mm -hmm. Well, there's 31,107 verses. So it's, it's almost a guarantee that at some point in your life, you're going to come across another verse that touches on that topic that you hadn't considered when you formed your theology. And and like like he kind of drew like a triangle, so you, you form this triangle of your theology. The verse fits outside that. The verse would 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 seem to, to contradict or change your your theology. He goes so typically as humans, we psychologically we don't like to change our opinion because then we have to admit we are wrong, and so we hold to it. So so you'd read those three or ten verses and you'd formed your theology, and then another verse comes along that seems to be contrary to that or, or outside of what you concluded. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we reinterpret the verse to fit within the theology that we've already held. And he said, but what the mature person needs to do is readjust their theology or the conclusion that they had to now also fit that new verse that you hadn't thought of before. Yeah. And that requires some, some humility and I think some wisdom, but I really like that. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because I think another option of what we can do when uh, verses don't fit in our little triangles is we say, well, we just don't understand how that works. And we just assign mystery on things Ooh, that really yes. we should be taking the time to allow for the complexity of. Um, and so I, I think this is even a good spot to mention that when we go through these passages, we don't think that we're going to be able to figure everything out. No. Um, any stretch of the imagination. We want to be able to get as comprehensive of a view as we can, mm -hmm. but there are still some things that we just don't know. But we don't want to make the mistake of saying, well, that disagrees with what I already think, and so therefore, uh, I just don't really get it, and so I'm just going to ignore that. We really do want to be including that into our thinking as we work through topics. Yep. Yeah, there, um, I don't know where I first heard this, but the idea of one of a powerful question you can ask somebody, a, a believer, you know, study scriptures, where has your theology changed? Hmm. Um, because again, most of us, our, our doctrine is formed pretty much on what we were brought up being taught. And, and I think that, you know, we're all human, so there's no infallible doctrine, right? Um, it can be trustworthy, but not necessarily, you know, infallible or, or perfect. But, there were some things that I, were brought, I was brought up being taught that I just accepted because I was taught it. And then when I was studying scripture, I had a different paradigm. I had a different perspective, and I came to a different conclusion mm -hmm. on that. Uh, and, and I think it's important to be willing to change your theology. It, it, again, it goes back to that phrase. Let the Bible paint the picture it wants to paint. Now, the Bible may paint a picture that tradition has long taught. Great. Um, and I don't want to buck tradition just to buck tradition. Mm -hmm. I just want to be willing to forego it if the the more comprehensive approach, the study that we're doing, would, would require me to change it. You know, um, the Proverbs twenty five two says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to reveal the matter. 
and the glory in the Hebrew is, is there's something substantive, right? Uh, important, valuable. Mm-hmm. So it's to the glory of God to conceal a matter. There's something substantive, something valuable about him concealing a matter. But then there's something equally substantive about the kings revealing the matter. And so the way that verse was ex- uh, explained to me was that the, the most important, critical, salvific um, concepts of scripture are taught right there on the surface for anybody to find. Mm-hmm. So there's a creator God who created the entire universe. He loves everybody. Um, we all sin. We're all fallen. Um, Jesus came to human form, died on the cross. You know, if you believe in him, then you'll get that eternal life, right? All that's right there on the surface. But there's a lot of stuff that are a couple inches in the end of the dirt. Mm-hmm. And God wants you to dig a little. Uh, and he's going to reward you with that digging. And so that's part of the un- uh, unpacking process is to go ahead and dig a little and not just go with the surface. Um, and again, not the surface is wrong, yeah. but to go further and get to, and to allow for more of that complexity and the comprehensiveness and the details, you know, and all that. Um, so, so the, and this is where like, um, a black and white view of things isn't going to be as helpful. The spectrum is more helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, the, Oh, the other big one, too, is these were written, of course, in, in, in ancient languages, and sometimes our English translations you know, lose something in translation. So, for example, the love is kind. Kind in the Greek is the Christuomai, which means useful. Hmm. And so we, we live in a culture where kind means polite or nice, but the Greek means useful. And so it, we learn something a little more in depth when we get into that, that when, 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 if we're supposed to love somebody, we're supposed to be kind to them. That does not mean that we're just supposed to be nice to them or polite. Mm-hmm. It means that we're supposed to be useful somehow to their well-being, right? It changes things. Um, and so, or even like uh, humility, you know, we did an unpacking on humility last winter. And one of the girls in the study when we were done, she said it was fascinating because she always had the understanding of humility of, in our culture as like, you know, oh, no, no, I'm, you know, not bragging and that kind of deal. And she mm-hmm. said, I always thought that humility was all about how you present yourself to others. But by the time we finished the unpacking series on humility, we learned that humility, in short, is that you know kneeling before God in adoration, submission, and security. And so she said it was fascinating to me that I came into the study taking it because I wanted to learn how I was supposed to present myself to others. And what I actually learned was humility, biblically, is all about how I present myself to God. Hmm. And, and so it changes the tone on that. So, so when you're looking at all the complexities of Scripture we've just been talking about, and you're looking at all these challenges and kind of the human approach to kind of simplify things, I knew that I didn't want to go with just shoot from the hip just to the surface. I wanted to dig deep. I wanted to get all these details and the context and all that. I wanted to go comprehensive and broad. And I and, and so because what, what I felt was if I'm going much more into the details and much more comprehensively and I'm paying attention to the original language and the context and all these things, if I'm trying to do all of it, this is a lot of work mm-hmm. and this is time consuming. But if I actually begin to do all that, and I probably need to do it with others. That was another thing. I, I didn't even put my notes mm-hmm. that that to do this on my own, I'm still human. Hmm. So I'm, I may be coming, maybe forgetting something. Right, yeah. where if other people are coming in the, the iron sharpening iron, then that actually helps you more because people can bring up insights that you hadn't thought of. So I knew, man. So I want details. I want comprehensiveness. I want the context, the languages. I want other people. And so me being me, you know, ultra planner organized, I put together the unpacking series. And so let me explain now. Um, so, so hopefully, as a listener, you're listening. Or I, I get this that that you're that you 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 feel the Bible is magical in its details, and mm-hmm. so you want to you want to pay attention to those details and apply them. But it's very difficult. You have to be very intentional to get to those details because there's a lot of breadth and complexity and depth and everything else. Um, so, given all of that, I put together um, a, a series of steps that we would do in these unpacking series. And so how this works is right now with the groups, they're four week groups that usually have between four and 12 people, depending on how many sign up for any study. This is you know here in Lynchburg, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we do these studies. And during the studies, there's this step-by-step process that we go through trying to, to be as thorough as we can w- you know, with it all. So, so let me go through these. So the first step is we need to, so you pick a concept. So let's say for example, um, I pick love. I know that I can't look up just the verses on love because I know that love includes kindness. Mm-hmm. So I have to look up the words on kindness. I also know that love includes mercy. I have to look up the words on mercy, right? So, so the first step is it's once we identify the concept is to think through the family of words that, that and, and I use NASB, the, the New American Standard Bible for all these studies. I, I feel it's the most word for word uh, accessible. 
And, um, and so, so I, I make a list of what are all the different families, or the different words or phrases or synonyms or whatever that, that the Bible would use in their verses talking about that concept. Mm-hmm. So for example, I have my, my love unpacking notes right here. So when I first put it together, um, I knew that I was going to be looking up loves, love, love, loving, lovingly, beloved, lovers, all that. And I use, by the way, my software, I use eSword and um, uh, Lagos. Yeah. Other two that I used. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so I looked up all those, and I knew that kindness was like loving kindness was a phrase that was used. So I had to look up kindness and kind and, and all those. I knew that affection, um, the emotional part, of, there's an emotional part. So I knew I, I need to look up all the verses on affection. Um, I knew very quickly as I was looking at kind, the Hebrew word uh, hesed or chesed means like loyal. So there's a loyalty aspect to love. So I have to look at all the loyalty verses as well. And cherishing, desire, being um, delighted in or delightful. These were all – so as, as, and what happens is I'll create a family of words, and then when I start doing the research, I'll find other words that I need to include in that family. Mm-hmm. So, when I'm, when, so when we put all this together, I'm going to include that whole family of words. So another example, we, we are in the process right now of finishing up the, the power and strength study. So what were some of the – give us some examples of the family of words for that. Yeah, and so we have words like strength, strength and strong, mighty, mightier, mightily, power, powers, powerful, ability, able, arm, sick, weak, weaker, weakened. Because if we're going to look at what strength is, we need to look at what right. weakness is. Uh, weary, uh, firm, firmly, ill, grasp, steadfast, vigor, vigorously, possible, compel, compelled, compulsion. Uh, and there's just a n- number of them. And then we also found some different words that we found uh, have too many words to just include into this study. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, some of the concepts like save salvation and savior. So that's going to be a separate unpacking as we go through deliver deliverance. That's going to be separate. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just different things like that. Yeah. So the, so this, what I'm putting, when I'm prepping these, these can get really intense mm-hmm. because like, for example, I want, I wanted to learn, you know, I, I, I love, um, Mark 12, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then um, Isaiah 11, the, it's a messianic passage about the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, and there was a spirit of power. And so I knew that I wanted to do a study on power and strength. That's, what, that's what, how we concluded it. Mm-hmm. But I knew that if I looked up all the verses that mention power or strength, that wouldn't be the whole picture because might is also related there. Mm-hmm. And so I need to look up the, the, the verses that include the word might. And then like you said, I also it'd probably be helpful to look up the verses that talk about weak or weary, which is kind of the opposite of being strong, because it'll give you more concept. So so when you pick a concept, you can't look up just the verses on that. You need to be thinking of the family, the synonyms, so that it's much more comprehensive. And this again, this takes a long time. Yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning that when you go through all of these different words that I just listed for power and strength, there's sixteen hundred mentions in scripture. Yeah. So there's twelve hundred in the old testament and 400 in the new testament where like um up here how many are just of the the strength and strong yeah so if all you looked up was strength strengthened and strong you would find 454 verses so 385 in the old testament and 69 in the new testament which when you compare 400 to 1600 it's one quarter you begin to realize how important it really is as you're looking up a topic to branch out into all of the different words that we just described and, and you're probably already thinking this as you're listening. This is why this is so daunting and overwhelming. We had someone that's going through the love study right now. It's her first unpacking. And because that's a lot of word of mouth here in Lynchburg. And so, mm-hmm. oh, you need to take the study. So, so they take it. And the, and the first time, they're just like, this is a lot of information, right? It's, it's 1,600 verses on power and strength. Um, we no, most most concepts like when you when you pick your first initial word, you might see it mentioned four hundred times or six hundred times or whatever. But then when you realize there's all the synonyms in the family of words, mm-hmm. most concepts I think the smallest we've seen is like six hundred verses. Um, most of them run between usually a thousand or fourteen hundred verses. When we did. Um, you know, so power and strength at 1,600. Uh, when we did knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, those all combined come out to like 2,200. Hmm. Um, when we did the evil sin study a year ago, it was like 3,200 yeah. versus, right, out of the 31,000. That's like 10%. It's crazy. <laughs> so so it is overwhelming and daunting, but but, the, but that's the whole point of the unpacking series mm-hmm. is so that we can really begin to trust, man, this is exactly what the Bible has to say about this topic. So so you pick the concept, you identify all the, the family of words and the relevant terms that you need to be looking up. 
Once I've done that, then you begin to look up the um, the Hebrew and the Aramaic and the Greek. This mm-hmm. is why these these software is so important. So then I'll look up all I'll look up all the um, the words. And the, here's all the Hebrew words that are that are translated to into that concept to that family. Here's all the Aramaic words. Here's all the Greek words. Mm-hmm. And now some of these times you'll have things like there. So this Hebrew word is only used once, and it's used to translate you know power or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then but then like this like for example, what's the the main one for the power? Uh, I have no idea how to pronounce that, but it's used 288 times. Yeah, it's used 288 times. I think, like, let me see real quick. Yeah, Hazik. Um, and then and then Hazak, which is the, a related word, is another 56 times, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like 300 times. Um, looking at the uh, the love study here, in the in the Hebrew, the main word is Aheb, um, which is used 210 times, and Ahaba, uh, it's related, which is another 37 times. And then you have uh, Hesed, which is the kindness or the loyalty, it's like 245 times. And then in the Greek, Agape and Agapeo and Agapeteos are all like a total of 200 309 times or so. Anyways, so what we do is, is so once you identify the family, then you look up all the Hebrew and the Greek words, and you're looking at all the ones. I, what I usually do is, if that word shows up like 10 or more times in the Hebrew, or four or more times in the Greek, because it's a smaller thing, mm-hmm. um, then I include it in the list. To try to include every single word just starts to paralyze you, right? Yeah. But anyways, so then, so you make a list of here's all of the Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek words that are translated into that family, this concept you're dealing with, power and strength or love or, or whatever. Um, so then once you have the, the Hebrew and the Greek words, we use the Strong's – well, actually, I use several different dictionaries. I use um, – the, there's a NASB dictionary and the Strong's dictionary, and there's another one that I use. So we're using different biblical dictionaries, and so and so because and they have slightly different nuances as to what these words mean. Mm-hmm. So we use a combination of them. So so we'll look. So as a group, we'll look at here's all the Hebrew and the, and the Greek words that are used for this concept, and here's what they mean. Then what we do is we take the Webster dictionary uh, and uh, Merriam-Webster and the Farlex dictionary, um, and we look up all of those definitions, all the key terms in those definitions, to make sure we're understanding from an English perspective what each of those concepts mean. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if the um, the the word Hesed means loyal loyalty. Well, then we'll look up loyalty in Merriam-Webster and Farlex to make sure we're getting the nuances. It's really fascinating, right, yeah, uh, when, yeah. when you do these. So, so, so now we're really getting to all the definitions. And once we've done that, that we, we've identified the family of words for the concept, and we've, we've identified all the Hebrew and the Aramaic and the Greek words, and then we've looked up the definitions of all those, and this is all done in the first week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do the prep work ahead of time, but we go over it all in the, in the first week. Um, and so the, the, then what we do is we identify a preliminary initial work in progress definition of that of that word so for example like with the 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 love um, as we went through all that we find that there is an emotional element mm-hmm. there's also a loyalty element there's also a like service element that we were seeing just just alone in the we haven't, we haven't even read any verses yet but just in the definitions so so we have everybody compile we, we let them use their own wording so that it resonates with them it, their wording has to fit within what we're learning mm-hmm. we can't just well I'm gonna add this well we haven't seen that yet so you can add that yet right um, but allow them to put their own wording to it and they come up with an initial definition so then what we do is then i make a list of all the verses that we can find using those hebrew and greek words with with that family of words Mm -hmm. and this goes back to 1400 mentions or 1800 mentions or 700 mentions or whatever it is so then we assign all those verses to everybody in the group and so we in weeks two and three week two we go through the old testament week three we go through the new testament Mm -hmm. it's only how it works um, and so we split all those verses up, and and depending on how many people and how many verses there are, your, your assignment might be 40 verses. Your assignment might be 140. Sometimes we only have like three or four people doing this big project, and it gets a little <laughs> overwhelming. Um, but that's the next step is to read the verses. Yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning that – we are not, as we're going through and explaining the process that we do in the groups, we're not saying that this is what you need to be doing every time you open your Bible. Right. We're not saying you need to go through, figure out all the Greek and Hebrew and list them and go through all this. Uh, we think that it's helpful, but as you said, this isn't something that we think you should be doing by yourself. No. Um, and so trying to come to this level of things i i just want to make sure that you're not immediately like oh nope not doing that uh because i would probably be doing that if i was listening to that right now um but just want to be encouraging you guys that this Mm -hmm. isn't what we're saying 
go so uh, to conclude, make sure by next episode that you have this done for 150 biblical concepts. No, that's that's not where we're going with this. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because I didn't have that in, in my notes. And we're gonna in a couple weeks here, we're gonna be going to some different approaches to scripture. So like, there's there's the traditional kind of exegetical approach where you're just reading an entire passage or you know entire book of the Bible and you read through that book and you study mm-hmm. it, etc. And, and so we encourage that's a great way to do, to go about doing that, doing that. A second approach is this unpacking approach, and so and so we're, that's why I wanted to do season three was to introduce. There's the unpacking approach to it all. You also have Larry Crabb's sixty-six love letter approach, which is a little bit different. You also have there's times when you just need to go like right now and, and pick up the NLT, the New Living Translation, um, and just sit and read a little bit of Psalms just to be encouraged. Hmm. Right? There are many different ways that we, we can approach the Scripture. We're just introducing you know one of these thorough ones, right? Yeah. So yeah. So thank you for for saying that. So so then as everyone gets their assignments and they're going through their verses. The, the goal is is that they read every verse in their assignment for that week and then make notes what are we learning about this concept according to that verse is it helping us better understand the definition or how it works or why we should use it or what it can accomplish you know or whatever mm-hmm. and so so during the week they're reading through their assignment and the, and they're taking their notes um, for it all then when we get together for the next session um, they usually run the goal is two hours they usually run a little longer than that mm-hmm. um, but over the two hours those four to twelve people that are in the group just highlight um, hey guys here's a quick rundown of the, the like the especially repetition and patterns this kept coming up so i want to highlight this i also saw this which i thought was really cool mm-hmm. um and so then they share and i've got the whiteboards up when we're when we're meeting and i'm taking notes everybody you know, based on what everybody said and trying to compile all these insights you'd be amazed you wouldn't because you've done it but the listener <laughs> would be amazed at how often the bible repeats itself mm-hmm. where like when someone gets to their section like yeah i saw the same thing that kept coming up in my section as well well that kept getting repeated so we know that's that's a key component to this concept and so and so we do that for the Old Testament, then we do it for the New. And so we compile all of the insights and observations and repetition and patterns and themes that everybody was learning from their sections. And this is where it is important because it's like, well, I don't trust their insights. You know, Well, they don't trust yours because you're a human and they're a human. But what, what we have found through the studies, it's so helpful to do this in a group, is that there really is a lot of confirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, or if like someone sees something, someone else might challenge it. And then we can talk through, and once we talk through the challenge, we realize, oh, this is what it is, right? Yeah. So it's very helpful to do that in the group. And, and, and so it's a, it's a trusting in um, others to do this, you know, part of the body of Christ coming together to do this, right? Yeah, and it's interesting, uh, just in different discussions that I've been a part of, how having the definitions of English words at the beginning helps so much when mm-hmm. you begin discussing things later. Because mm-hmm. if you're not on the same page with your English definition, you're never going to be on the same page with the actual biblical definition of things. Because if we're right. sitting here using the same word in different ways, then we're going to be talking past each other all day long, and it doesn't actually help move forward. Yeah, the whole this whole unpacking process really helps. Get, get, it highlights the importance of definitions, mm-hmm. and and you'll see this when we go to each of the other episodes we're recording. Everything you, we're going to give examples of how how all this played out. So so once then by the end of that third week, we've now compiled all these different insights and observations that we've gleaned. So we, we had the original wording and the definitions, and then now we have the verses themselves mm-hmm. flat out stating this whatever this is right. So then we get into week four, we, we bring it all together. And, and so, so we compile everything, um, and, and, and the goal is to answer four key questions. And, and they know the questions ahead of time. And so, again, I'm hoping as you're, as you're listening to us and going through the series, uh, understand here, here's what we're trying to answer. So the first question is, given all that we've learned now, what is the biblical definition of this word? Mm-hmm. What is the picture the Bible's trying to, you know, to paint of it? Um, you could use your own wording as long as it is, is accurate within the parameters that the, the Scripture is set. So what is the definition of the concept? And so the idea is, is a lot of these, there's a very complex definition, but then you'll have a simplified um, summary of it. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, it's better to go to the complex version first and then find your summary yeah. than just to jump to a summary. Right? We discussed this earlier with simplicity. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so what is the definition? Second question is, how does it work? So how does one achieve it? How do you use it? Um, what are the nuances to all that? That's, that's the main thrust of the study is really getting to that second question. The third question is, what are the benefits of using this? So if it's a positive concept, love, peace, joy, whatever, what are the benefits if you actually acquire more peace or you're mm-hmm. more loving? Or if it's a sin, um, we're studying um, uh, jealousy or something like that or, or greed. What are the benefits to avoiding that, right? Mm-hmm. And and quick side note on that, most of a lot of what we do in Christianity is out of obligation. 
So we're told, hey, if you're a believer, you need to do this. That's true. But I found that that obligation doesn't always move somebody to go full, you know, full out. Mm-hmm. And motivation is the, is the key to all this, that we need to be motivated to do these things. And what I found is scripture agrees with that psychological truth, that if one can actually begin to appreciate the benefits of something, they're more likely to achieve it. And so all through these unpacking studies, it is amazing to me. We haven't, we haven't done a single study yet where it hasn't listed at least five benefits. Some of them listed 10 or 20 benefits that come from doing this, like the humility study, they made like 20 or 24 benefits mm-hmm. or something like that. And so so we, so we in the study, you know, what is the definition? What are the nuances of how it works and everything? And then what are the benefits, uh, the motivation to actually pursue this and then the fourth question is the practical application so given where you're at in life right now of course everyone's in different places Um, like for example when we did the fear study a number of the people signed up for the fear study because they deal with a lot of fear and they wanted to try to conquer their fear and so they wanted they took the study so they can learn more about it and so what's the practical application going from this point forward given everything you've been learning what's one small little change you're going to make you know as you go through that Mm mm-hmm so, um, so that that's the entire process. So you can see, you know, we're talking usually between I don't know eight and eighteen hours of prep time, and then we have the eight hours, ten hours of class time, and then you have um, combined, good grief, twenty or thirty hours of research time, right? So there's a lot of time and effort put in all this. But we have both you and I mm-hmm. have found value to this. So, so for me. Um, what's what's one thing I've seen that has really encouraged me to keep using the the um, the process? And then what's one one of my favorite unpackings? The the big thing for me is, and I use this like uh, tree forest analogy, that when you when you pick some concept and you're unpacking it, imagine like that the trunk is like the main point of what this concept is. The roots would represent like where it's coming from, why God has instituted it into His plan, you know, etc. The branches would be like how to carry it out, how to actually do it in all its details, its implications, etc. Mm-hmm. So, so with that, every concept is its own tree. And we've found that a lot of these trees are right next to each other with intermingling branches and intermingling roots. So like, for example, the humility study, we also had done a faith study. A lot of the same things were coming up in the humility study that came up in the faith study. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we realized like those two trees would be right next to each other. Uh, and then the hope tree is also right near both those. So like the hope, humility, and faith trees all grow up right next to each other. And so, and so you imagine a forest on that. Now, one of the things, though, is with a forest, then there's trees at opposite ends that aren't connected. We, I have personally have found almost every study we've done somehow links with, with one of the other studies. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, how, so how would that work? And so I kind of bend the forest in. So imagine like a space station out in space, and it's like this huge sphere. And on the inside of the space station, on the inside of the sphere is the forest. And so the entire inside of the surface is all the forest. So the trees are all, as they grow up, kind of grow towards the middle. Mm -hmm. So even in the middle, they're all interacting with each other. And so that's kind of the visual that I've gotten because we've done this for two, we're going in our third year now doing these unpacking studies. We've done two dozen or so Mm -hmm. uh, so far. I am blown away by how much all of these individual studies confirm each other. So sometimes there's some controversial uh, things. Oh, I don't know if I believe that. But then another study reaffirms that that is the truth of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'm blown away by that, and I'm really encouraged by that. So that that's one of the big takeaways I've gotten from this. Um, so so what's one of your takeaways, and then we can talk about favorites. Yeah, and for me, it just is really cool what you were just saying with that confirming how it all fits together and seeing just the complexity that God has just put into this creation um, where all of these concepts do interlink and that you can see them in the other parts of the tree like you were just describing. And because it's so contrary to what we want Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we want just whatever simple. We just want it to be quick, easy. I want to be able to write it in a sentence, put it on a Hallmark card and send it off and we'll have a grand old time. But that's not actually how it works. And something that we've talked about before is there's a difference between something being simple and something being simplistic Mm. and so like and what i mean by that is when we're actually describing what's gonna what we found in this whole process we do try and boil it down into something um that is simple that we can remember because then we can actually begin to move forward with it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but that's in contrast to it being simplistic so simplistic would just be you go you find a verse uh god is love so love one another Perfect, love, cool, we're supposed to do it to others. 
that just doesn't encompass everything that scripture teaches about love. Right. And so tons. Yeah. yeah, And so when you actually begin to boil that all down into something concise, yes, but it allows for the complexity. And then when someone says, well, why'd you choose that word in Mm -hmm. your definition? There's actually something behind it instead of just, eh, it sounded good. Uh, And so I just think that that's so important. And probably the study that um, has stuck out the most to me personally in that uh, I've just seen, really impact my life is, and this is going to sound weird, but it's the evil and sin study that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, be, and I think that once we actually go through that study, we'll be, it, it will make more sense why that one was just so impactful to me. Um, but it was actually really encouraging right, going through right. all of that, which again, sounds really weird. So I would encourage you to listen to that one, whichever one it's going to be. Um, because it was just really cool to study for eight weeks, the 3,200 verses that talk about that concept and see that it, is a relatively simple thing, but it's also really complicated and mm-hmm. it touches so many aspects of theology. Yeah, I um so we did, you know, we did a four week study on good, and then we did a four week study on evil and sin that turned into eight weeks because we realized there's too many verses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did a four week su- study on suffering. Yeah. So that sixteen weeks was good and evil and suffering and getting into why does a good God allow evil and suffering. So that mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm with you. That was a huge one for me. Um, the patience one was a very convicting one for me. So like my, based on that study, my definition of patience biblically is um, a choosing to cheerfully endure the bad happening to you, refraining from enforcing what maybe do or, or right or do in the moment for some other good. Mm-hmm. Hate that verse, or I hate that, hate that definition. <laughs> yeah, hate it because I don't want to do that. But realizing that's the definition and learning, but like and like one of the benefits. It talks about how patience uh, is more valuable than capturing a city from Proverbs. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of value to it. It's actually very freeing. If you actually apply patience, it actually frees your mind, less agitated, right? So there's a lot of benefits to it all. So patience was a big one. When we did the, um, I did one on maturity slash sanctification. So going back to the seven stage journey, you have the the boat riding and the water walking. Mm -hmm. Um, And so getting into the water walking and what maturity and sanctification looks like, it's kind of a leveling up in in your faith. I really enjoyed that one. Um, The anger one, I really, really liked because it was controversial, kind of recast what anger and wrath is all about. Mm -hmm. Um, What else did I really like? Like, uh, I always love the heaven study, uh, the, the, the kingdom of heaven. Um, the love study, um, we've done it twice now, has, has been really good. So there's a bunch of good ones with that. One other thing that, that I wanted to say with this is hopefully you can see how thorough we're getting here. And, 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 and Zach, you already mentioned this. This does not mean that we're 100% correct. So, like, for example, when we did the joy study, my favorite verse on joy, Malachi 4.2, for those of you who revere my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go out and leap like a calf released from the stall. The joy study, we had you know joy, joyful, joyous, enjoying, delight, all those came up. None of those family of words show up in that verse. Hmm. So Malachi 4.2 never actually even came up in our search. Even though clearly that verse is talking about joy, the family of words don't, don't, aren't actually showing up in it. So so one thing I want to you know admit or whatever with, with this study is we haven't found 100% of all the verses that touch on that concept. Because we also may have missed a, a, a key word in that family of words, mm-hmm. right? We don't always look up the opposite. Sometimes I forget what I'm, I'm putting together. So, so we haven't, we haven't, we don't have a hundred percent of the family of words, though it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. And so, we don't have a hundred percent of all the Hebrew and Greek words that were used, but it's pretty close. We don't have a hundred percent of all the verses, but it's pretty close. Even when we when we find all the verses, we're not a hundred percent researching them contextually, insightfully into it. So, even in the group discussions, we're still missing things, right? Mm-hmm. So, so there's still missing some things with here. I really do believe, I don't think you can put an exact percentage, but just kind of ballpark, that given the unpacking approach, we're still probably like, by the time we finished, we've probably still got to like 92% of the understanding of what's going on, Mm -hmm. which is way more than the 10% or 15% you would have got reading that one article touching on that one passage, right? Yeah. So so I want to admit, this is not 100% conclusive, 100% accurate, but wow, are we going way above and beyond mm-hmm. than any of the studies that are typical approaches I'd seen, you know, when I was younger. So anyways, so, th- so that is the, the unpacking series. So now that you understand what that is, you can understand the, the, the season three. 
we had first talked about when we were planning season three of just like there's four weeks, you know, for four sessions for each unpacking. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, we'll do four episodes for each unpacking concept. It's like when, when we do um, power and strength, we'll do one episode on the definitions, one episode on Old Testament verses, et cetera. We realized that wasn't going to really work. The, the formatting didn't yeah. work that way. So what we decided was we we're going to do one episode for each concept. Some of the big ones like Evil Sin will be a couple episodes and Love will be a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Farmer Jordan would be one episode. And what we're going to do is we're going to give you a summary of what we learned from that four-week unpacking. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning that uh – we are not going to try and fit eight hours of stuff. We're not going to walk through the eight hours of how we got to that, the 10 hours of prep. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do that to an episode because we don't want to sit here in the studio for that long and you don't want to listen for that long. Right. Um, and so what we are going to do is we are going to just go with uh, more of the results and not the process, which is why we just spent almost 55 minutes going through what that process looks like for us to get to this point. Because it's important to us that you don't think that it's just these two guys that you're listening to that came up with these ideas. Some of them might be kind of kind of different from what you've heard before. And it's just really important that you realize where our hearts are. We are searching scripture, tearing through it, trying to figure out what the Bible is actually saying. And we want to communicate that in a way that's memorable and that can actually impact people. Mm-hmm. And so we aren't just coming up with this willy-nilly, like what we want, this, we're not coming up with a definition and then trying to proof text a couple verses with it. We This has been a process that we've gone through, and it took us an hour to explain the process, right. not to go through it. Right. And so just we want to make sure that we make that clear that – as you go through this season and you hear these different things, you might disagree with the conclusions we come to, but we think that it's important that you realize, uh, and we may be wrong with those conclusions very well. We could be, um, but it's just important to us that we communicate that it wasn't just by chance that we came to what we came to. Yeah. They, um, yeah, pl- please try to trust our heart. Please try to trust the process, even if you don't trust the conclusion. That was really well said. Um, I know, you know, I joked there was when we did the evil sin, you know, again, it's four weeks of good, eight weeks of evil sin, four weeks of suffering. So it was a 16 week study. And, and I think almost everybody, there's like 10 or 12 people in that group, actually went did through the entire three. 16 mm-hmm. weeks. And so one of the girls in the study, she, I first met her at a Know They Self. Somebody, some, one of her friends had taken Know They Self, told her to take it, so she took it. Um, and she really liked it. So then she started taking some of the unpacking. And so as we were nearing the end of that entire process she told me she said shannon and she said this in front of the whole group she's like when i first met you in the know the self and i was really liking that you made some comments about some things about evil and sin that kind of deal and i didn't agree with it um and i thought this might be heresy you know like, like that's so not yeah. what i've been taught etc and so I, I, I immediately pushed back on it. i didn't verbalize it but i mm-hmm. pushed back on it in my head but now that we've gone through like closing on here on 16 weeks of good evil sin and, and suffering i get it I, I had to walk through and see all the dots get connected, but I get it now. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of that in unpacking for my own journey and also for the journey of, of anybody that's taken it. And so there's been times where I really wanted to believe something um, from Scripture, and I even was able to proof text it with a couple of verses. Mm-hmm. But then when I went through the unpacking study, I couldn't proof text that anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I don't want to believe something just because I want to believe it. I want to believe it because that's the picture the Bible's painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so everything you just said, I thought was, it was, was great. Yeah, and just one last thing on that. Uh, we're both really passionate about this aspect of it. Um, and it's worth mentioning that we would both love to actually sit down and walk all of you through all of the different points that we went through to get to the conclusion. Like we, we don't want to just say, well, this is the answer because we think that there's a lot of value in the process of discovering the answer. And so with that being said, just know that we would love to do that, but we recognize that we can't. can't, And so this is what we've come up with in order to present things that we hope will be helpful uh, in a way that is actually we can do. So one of the things that we'll do, because it, well, we'd rather persuade and walk you through it than just tell you, but given the pockets, it can't work that way. Um, we're going to be the, I'm going to put the PDFs because the, the documents usually run between what, 15 and 30 pages, depending on the concept. Mm-hmm. 
we're going to have the PDF versions of those available online for purchase. So if you wanted to do the process, you're like, oh, I don't know if I agree with that, or I want to see how they got there or whatever, then you could you can purchase the the PDF, which will include all the definitions and the wording, the family of words, the all the verses included, all that everything's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the it's the the binder that we use when we go through the studies. You'll be able to do, kind of do that on, on your own. So, so what we are going to do then in the episodes is we will, we'll, you know, we'll mention here's the concept. We'll answer those four questions. So given everything that we learned, and, and sometimes we'll have guest speakers. So Zach and I will, will always be here. I've done all the unpackings. Zach's done a huge chunk of them. But in the unpackings that he hasn't done, he's still going to be here. But we'll bring somebody in that, that did do the unpacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three of us will kind of discuss it all. But we will give you, um, we'll answer the definition question. So, and, and, we'll each, and you'll see that we'll have slightly different answers, but they're usually on the same page. Um, we'll give you the, here's the definition of the concept based on the research that we did. And then, and then here's how it works. Here's how you acquire it. Here's how you use it, you know, et cetera. Uh, and then we'll give the benefits. Here's the benefits and the motivation to actually go about doing this. And then, um, and then, and then we're going to spend a lot of time on, and we'll talk about some of the, the challenges and implications. So like if it gets a little bit controversial, mm-hmm. we will try to include some of the verses, um, that, that we had, had read that helped us come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not just like blindly, you know, telling you to accept it. Um, and then we're going to spend some time in the application where, you know, so, so how, what did this study do for us? And then we want to encourage you and just spend some time with you, the listener on given that this is what this kind of you know, humility means this or love means this or, or whatever. Um, what does this mean for you? Like, like how should this change the way you live your life? Uh, and we want to spend a lot of time on that. So that, that's going to be kind of the layout for each of the, of the episodes. Now, um, and, and, and the goal of all that is I really do want to encourage you. Mm-hmm. Um, this goes back to the seven-stage journey that Zach mentioned earlier, trying to get, if you're not a believer, to get into the boat and recognize Jesus is the divine master you know, in, in the flesh. Um, and But if you're already in the boat, you already are a Christian, to get out of the boat onto the water and really begin transforming and maturing, becoming that complete version of you. Mm-hmm. And so we're hoping that unpacking goes a long way. The, like the know self goes a long way in that. The lenses go a long way in that. This unpacking series goes a long way in that. And so the idea is, is we're, we're trying to, it goes back to that puab that we've talked about in the past, that we're trying to change your perspective to increase your understanding, which is going to improve and strengthen your attitude, which will then change your behavior right, mm-hmm. and kind of how you live life. This goes back to the eternal internal external lens of just trying to have a more eternal view of things so like with the humility study taking more eternal understanding of humility rather than an external earthly understanding mm-hmm. uh, and then the be to have you mentioned it's going to show the importance of slowing back down developing your internal character before you go about changing behavior you know all that so it's just encouraging you um in your growth in your transformation to to rekindle your passions for god others and self mm-hmm. right um, so, so know that also this is going to be an ongoing season. So we had 10 episodes with the lenses down the road. We may add another lens or two, and then we'll, we'll record that episode. Know this else is going to probably just stay at the 10. Oh, by the way, I haven't told you this yet. Uh, so this is li- you know, live. Oh. You're hearing this now. <laughs> we're actually rolling out. I know self two. Hmm. It'll be a, a, a it'll be a study that we're doing here in Lynchburg, okay. um, probably later this fall. So, anyways, um, and but so where those were more like finite. We've done we've, we're in our third year now of the unpacking series. So we've done at least two dozen different topics. So we already have a bunch in the belt or in the bank, right, to start recording. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've identified, I think, at least 150 different concepts <laughs> yeah. that we could unpack in scripture. So this will be a really, really long season. Now we've got plans for a season four and a season five, which are other things that we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Season four is going to make more like an exegetical approach to scripture. So going through Genesis and Exodus on through there, we'll probably start recording season four, even before we're finished with season three. Mm-hmm. So season three, will still have episodes and season four, will still have episodes because season four will be in long one, right? So we're talking, um, hopefully if, if you really like the way we've done things so far, know that we've got probably 40 or 50 years um, <laughs> yeah. or you kind of mapped out of things that we want to record we're not mm-hmm. going to rush it all we're just going to start rolling it out uh, over time so so it's going to it's going to keep going so know that the next two episodes are going to be on the scripture itself um, what is the bible how is it formed and why should i be trying to unpack it mm-hmm. uh, and then how my the you know the different ways you can you can approach scripture so that'll be the next two episodes and then some of the ones down the gun a bit um that we're, we're going to be doing is we're going to do hope uh, what hope is heaven faith love glory um, we're going to do the good and evil and sin and suffering. Um, we're going to do righteousness and justice. We're going to do mercy, grace, fear, humility, anger. Um, we're going to do the knowledge, understanding, wisdom combo, mm-hmm. spiritual gifts, leading, prayer. 
there's a whole bunch of them that we have we have lined up um so this is going to run for a while so so keep coming back you know look at the podbean list of, of all the different episodes um there are and those are all self-standing so you can go listen to the episode you want to listen to mm-hmm. um just know that the more you do them the more you listen to the more you'll start getting the confirmation of it all yeah and i think it might be worth as we wrap up here uh just what if you could just summarize for us so what is the point and takeaway that we have for the listener so to me there, there's three main hopes that i have and we talked about this beforehand that we're going to keep reiterating these one is i want you to understand there are powerful details in the scripture hmm. and those powerful details will change life it'll change the way you think it'll change the way you live it can even change the way others live right there are magical powerful uh transformative details that's one thing i want you to understand and you'll see that in the unpacking wow i didn't know that i didn't know that second thing is we want you in investigating those details we want you digging into the dirt and finding them um not just letting us present it to you so we're, we're teaching you not just we're not giving you we're, we're giving you fish but we're also teaching you how to fish so that that you yourself can take these different approaches to scripture and really begin to find those details right and then apply them mm-hmm. that's one of the, the key points um and then the third one is and, we, and we've touched on this a couple times t- t- today um there's still going to be diversity in, in our conclusions. Uh, it might be small, diverse dis- changes or yeah. variances. It might be big variances. It's important that we recognize the importance of unity in the midst of diversity, that I really do believe God values unity in the midst of diversity. He values both. So even though we may come to diverse conclusions, in general, they're all still on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, but but in that diversity that we still find unity and love, that's still the primary com- command for us. Yeah. That, that we still want to love each other even if we disagree or come to, to come to different conclusions. So if, if one is really um, learning that there are these powerful, magical details to the Scripture and that I must myself go explore them and still remaining unified and loving in the midst of the, the diversity of conclusions, mm-hmm. then they're really getting what we hope they're getting from the Season 3 Unpacking series. Yeah, and that really is just our goal for you guys, uh, that you go through those three things. And that's something that we hope to reiterate through uh, the upcoming things that you guys are just realizing that this is more detailed than I thought it was originally. And then you actually begin to move towards internalizing that and applying it to your own life. We uh, we made predictions beforehand because we didn't time out this how long it was going to last, and I had guessed fifty four minutes. What did you guess? I believe I guessed forty six minutes. Yeah, we're at an hour six. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, so that's it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up with a prayer. I hope you get a somewhat idea of the daunting process that we thoroughly enjoy mm-hmm. and what this whole season is going to entail and then keep coming back to the, the next two are awesome because we're getting into scripture what what is it and why i should do it really listen to those and then all the rest of the unpacking stuff so i want to finish with a prayer for the two of us prayer for the listeners etc mm-hmm. um papa first just want to say um you know zach and i um are, are, are dedicated to you but we're weak individuals and we still screw up and we still put you on the back burner at times and we were talking about this beforehand and so I want to pray that thank you for your patience with us and thank you for your, your faithful, loyal love, regardless of even when we're unfaithful to you. And so I pray that, that as we go through this season three, that it's just beneficial for the two of us that, that we can get stirred up and on fire um, of, of being intentional you know, in, in our, our learning about you and our application and, 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 and making changes and such. And then I pray the same for the listeners, that, that as they're coming and they're listening to all these different episodes, that, Lord, you're nudging um, someone to listen to the episode they need to listen to. And, and if they didn't have a lot of hope in their life, uh, someone points them to the hope episode, and they can just listen to that. They can understand what hope is and why it's so good to be hopeful uh, and help them find a way to be hope-filled. Um, or if it's with a better understanding what anger is and how we're supposed to rid ourselves of all anger, um, or what Christian maturity is, or patience, or evil, why you, this good, perfect God allow evil. Whatever it may be, Lord, I pray that that they can come to that episode that they need to come to and be encouraged by that, be illuminated and enlightened by that, um, and that they can be changed by that and transformed so that they can then impact and help others as well. And so, Lord, we take that. We ask that you take this as an act of worship that we're trying to put ourselves kneel before your way of doing things and understanding your approach uh, and trying to be obedient to that. Um, and I thank you ahead of time for what you're going to reveal and the changes you're going to make through this season. We love you for that, God, and we thank you for your love. Amen. Amen.